Okay, good morning. As you probably have guessed from what Alan's just said, my name's John. I'm one of the elders here. Uh, hello. I thought somebody would do that. Um, and we, Chris and I, Chris, my wife and I, we're going to be doing a two-parter. Um, we're going to be talking about some of our plans, and she's going to be talking about that in a moment. But we're aware that we have quite a number of people here for the first time. And um, several people who have been uh, coming along relatively recently. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk, talk you through the, the church's uh, vision statement uh, and who we are to introduce you to who Emmanuel Church Durham are. And then Chris is going to move on to some other things. So we have, first of all, we have a purpose statement. And this is quite generic and could apply to probably any church, but this is who we are. We are, our purpose is to make Jesus known and to see lives transformed. And everything we do comes under those two, two headings. And that is, well, we've seen that lived out over a number of years. But this is our vision statement to be a growing, charismatic family church in Durham with a world vision. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to work through part of those um, those uh, statements. And Ian is frowning at me because he doesn't like, to, like us to have Durham in the statement. Oh, my, my PA is going up and down, is it? How are we doing, Joe? How's that? Am, am I holding it in the right place? You can't get the staff these days, so you've got to make, put it with me. Okay, so let's, talk, let's go straight, cut to the chase. Uh, growing. So... One of the scriptural principles is that uh, the, the kingdom of God, it's not just going to keep on going forever. It's not going to just increase forever. But it's, um, it's going to, to keep on increasing forever. Of the, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And we believe that we are, or we have a vision to be a growing church, this is why um, earlier on in this year we moved over from the Durham Centre over to this building because uh, it was getting too small. And actually that was in, a fulfil- in fulfilment of a prophetic word that we were given a number of years ago that as we, as we kept growing we would be replanted into larger pots. So one of our p- visions is to become a, a church of 400 but actually, that's quite a limiting statement, because if we just say, well, 400 and then we've made it, no, there's 400 and beyond. So so we, we don't want to just stop at, at one particular point. So you'll see this on our website. You'll see four, Vision 400, and there's a whole lot of stuff about that. How we do that is we, we have outreach into the community, uh, we have people who go regularly onto the streets. I'd like to give a shout to, to Ron, who for many, many years, uh, he's been faithful in spreading the word in the marketplace, usually during the summer when it's slightly warmer. But we have other people who are regularly on the streets in Durham uh, communicating the gospel. And we also run and have run for a number of years Alpha courses. And there are many people, as I look around, who have come into the church through Alpha. We also want to be a welcoming church that welcome new people among us. So if this is your first Sunday, give me a wave. Welcome. You're welcome. 
And once you've been coming a while and you've decided that this is where you want to stay, we have church membership. We believe in membership. And if you're interested in that, you should see Ian because he, he will be able to do all the necessaries. But growing isn't just about growing in numbers. It's about each of us growing in our faith. So in 2 Thessalonians, it says, your faith is growing abundantly. So our desire is for each of us as individuals and corporately to pursue God and grow in our faith. There's various tools we do that, use that for, we have, we run Freedom in Christ uh, regularly and there are other courses uh, from the Freedom in Christ uh, stable that we have run at different points and other similar courses. So these are ways, these are just tools to help us to grow in God. And we also encourage discipling relationships that can be a very formal relationship where you sort of meet like every Tuesday and go through a particular book. Or it could just be that you meet up for coffee and you talk about how where life is at and somebody is there who can help you and help you grow in your faith. So that's growing. We are a charismatic church. We are unashamedly a charismatic church. Two key scriptures here. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So we believe everyone has a, a part to play. Everyone has spiritual gifts. And we just want to, to uh, have the common good. We want to have the good of the gifts that you have been given. And also, it says that we should earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. It's not just something that drops down out of heaven magically. It's something that we desire and we partner with God. And we run various prophetic training courses. There's going to be a prophetic conference in November. Uh, I'll leave Sally to talk about that in due course. Right, And as you've already seen, we actively encourage the use of spiritual gifts in our gatherings. Uh, we, we heard uh, Brian with his dream. Now, I was I was thought that in Acts it says the old men shall dream dreams. I don't think you're an old man yet, Brian. But um, um, but but gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for our for our meetings. They're not just for our gatherings. They're for life. So we can we can uh, we can use prophetic words um, with friends when we're praying for them, or for words of knowledge. We have. Uh, Scarlet, who's not among us, who has quite a, a track record of, of having words of knowledge for healing for random people she meets in the streets. I'm not quite that brave, um, but I have, have done healing on the streets where other people did the, the contact and I prayed and I saw people healed. That's great. Um, but baptism in the Spirit is available for all. I use available because for some, many people I know it's a journey and it's a process. And so we're not saying this, this, you have to be, have had that experience, but we, we are saying that, that it's available for, and we want you to see you come through into the fullness of that. But being charismatic also shapes our lives. Back in 1980, Emmanuel Church was, was established by David Campbell, who's going to be here uh, next month, and he was given a word that we should be called, he was established a church and we were to be called Emmanuel because God's presence was going to be among us. And that's, Emmanuel means God with us. 
And that's, that's, it's in our DNA, it's our desire that we want to have a presence of God. That's the thing that we, we, uh, cover most. Hello. I'm about to be joined here. Um, we encourage ministry times. We have ministry times quite often where, where you can experience the presence of God. You can have your own personal encounter. And over the years, we've been shaped by a number of prophetic words. I'm going to share one of them uh, a little bit later. And we believe that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are there for building of the church. We're a family church. We have Dan and Matt leading rising generations from zero to 18. So it's all the way from the creche through to the youth. Uh, we have Johnny, who's actually in here, so he was giving me some funny faces earlier, so I'm going to embarrass him now, although he's in, impossible to embarrass, so that's fine. He leads rising generations for students and 20s, um, and we also encourage our children, young people and students to be part of uh, the life of the church and part of our serving teams, so if you're one of the new students who's just arrived and you have a heart to serve. We would love it. Go and uh, talk to somebody. You can talk to me and I'll point you in the right direction. Um, good. But family isn't just about children, young people and students. Family is about all of us. We want to share life with each other in all that we do. We want to support the single, the married, the young and the old. And that's part of who we are. One, one expression of that is we have small groups that meet through the week, which are called Emmanuel Communities. And that's a context where we can easily be family with one another. We can be supporting and we can have people uh, in, our, in and out of our houses where we can build relationships. So we are a growing, charismatic family church Last thing is we are a world, we have a world vision. Getting on for 30 years ago now, which is quite scary, we had a significant prophetic word that we should go to the nations and God would give us Durham. When, when Chris and I first joined the church in, in 1994, we were very much focused on the city and perhaps the villages just around. This word completely changed us. It lifted our vision, we looked to the nations, and, well, we're still in the process of seeing it being fulfilled. Over the years, we went to a number of countries. I've singled out the three principal ones. We went to Albania. We had a long-standing contact in Albania. We still have a relationship there, although we're less closely involved. Then we had people come among us from Ghana and India who then went back and we had established relationships there. India is still going. Um, I, I will be in Ghana in January uh, as a sort of a, which follows on from, from this, um, this uh, old relationship. So hopefully we will be re- uh, resurrecting that a little. But that was very much, we were obeying the word of God, but we were plowing our own furrow. And then around uh, seven years ago, as, as part of the, the big shake-up in, in New Frontiers, uh, we joined Regions Beyond, which is the family of churches that we're part of. And that suddenly put us in a context of, of a group where people are reaching the nations. And we suddenly were not just doing it off our own bat, we were suddenly in a context where there's lots of support. At that point, we moved to a new level in everything that we could do.
We have strong relationships in many nations. We have had the nations come to us. If you look around here, there are people who uh, have their origins in many nations across the world. And we also have people who have significant experience of, of missionary work and outreach in different nations who have all come. God has added them to us and there's something very special that he is doing among us. In the last year, I think we've had, now I may have missed something here, but I believe we've had um, short-term mission trips to Bulgaria, to Kenya, to Turkey, to Dubai, to India, to Mexico, and I'm not counting everywhere that Sam has been because that would at least triple that list. Um, if those of you who don't yet know Sam, you will meet him. He seems to be our definitely our own, very own global nomad. Um, Walking, and uh, you've already heard from Ian about our connections with Eno and Bulgaria. Um, and we've also had church members going out and living for short or long term in various countries. Uh, I, at the moment, I believe we've had, we have India, uh, we, well, we have Caroline who is actually here at the moment, but is uh, going to be back in India. We had Janet in India for a number of years. We've got uh, Jeremy and Laura, who I think are on their way back from Kenya at the moment. I included both Qatar and Dubai. That's a slight cheat. Uh, Tayo and Taiwo have just moved from Qatar to Dubai. Um, and, and we have... Uh, we have our, our very own uh, Steve and Virginia who are about to, in the process of moving to France. And we've also had people like Tamsin who were in France in the past. But... What we're going to talk to you about now is that uh, Chris and I, who we spent a year in Japan seven years ago, and we're about to go back on Wednesday. We're flying out, and we're going to be there until just before Christmas. So, so over to me. I will just keep talking while they get the, uh, the PA levels done, and we swap over onto my, uh, onto my PowerPoint. Uh, I will just keep talking as it comes up. There's a bit of a crackle on the line. Shall I go? I'm going to go instead. I'll try and move it away. Is that any better? Okay, good. Right. So, uh, we are going to Japan for three months and trying to... Uh, there's still a crackle. I'll go for the hand mic. Okay, so we are going to uh, Japan. We're going to be based in Tokyo. And getting a picture of this on Google Earth, it was kind of hard to get the UK and Japan on the same hemisphere because they're really quite a long way apart. And uh, you might have noticed there's a certain country in between that you can't really fly over at the moment. So the flight is really long because the political situation at the moment means you cannot fly over Russia. So it's sort of a 14-hour flight. Hmm. And we're going to Japan. We're going to be based in Tokyo, which is the capital city. And yes, this really is what it looks like. This is the center of Tokyo. And yes, you can see Mount Fuji from the center of Tokyo. It's an amazingly uh, developed country. Uh, the trains work. And if, yes, it's a mega city. 
And for those of you who were in the church uh, seven or eight years ago, you might remember we lived there for a year uh, seven or eight years ago. And uh, we lived then way, way out on the west side of the city. And uh, that was where we were last time. This time we're way, way out on the eastern side of the city. So it's a different part of Tokyo. And because this is a mega city, even though the trains work and are epically awesome, that's two hours away. Okay, so why are we going to Japan? Is it part of this year? Was that some amazing call of God? Well, yes, but that's not kind of how it worked. There was not an angel with a flaming sword saying, go to Japan. It just kind of came out of my day-to-day, my day-to-day context, my job. Um, I'm a professor at the university. I do physics. Part of my job is teaching, but part of it is research and research on black holes. Obviously, looking at a black hole on the black background of space is not the most useful thing to do. I don't look at black holes on the black background of space. I look at black holes that are hanging out with their friends and you have a companion star nearby enough. The two stars are going around each other and the companion star is being lunch. And as material falls off the star, spirals down towards the black hole, you get enormous amounts of energy out. And so that energy heats the material so it glows not Red hot or even white hot, but X-ray hot. And it's like the final scream of the matter before it slides down below the event horizon and is lost forever. So I look at that final scream and I want to look at the sky with X-ray eyes. But the problem with looking at the sky with X-ray eyes is from the ground you see absolutely nothing because our atmosphere is thick as a brick to X-rays which is very good news for our DNA, but very bad news if you want to look at X-ray hot objects. So to look at X-ray hot objects, you need to get above the atmosphere. And that means I get to play with rockets. So I am a rocket scientist. Yo! (laughs) And uh, that that is, uh, yes. So... This is uh, this is one I prepared earlier. This was a rocket. I was in the control room wearing the snazzy headset, controlling an X-ray telescope in the payload bay. But um, for a long time, Japan has had a really good track record in building innovative, um, innovative X-ray satellites. So from quite a long time ago, I've been kind of sliding up to the Japanese going, oh, you've got a, you've got a new X-ray telescope cut. Shall we, shall we be friends? <laughs> and, um, and just something about going to Japan caught my heart. Just it's a beautiful country and a beautiful culture. And something about it just caught my heart. And so seven years ago, I had the opportunity to be part of their newest, latest and greatest X-ray satellite. So I go, yes, yes, I'll come, I'll come. That'll be epically awesome. And uh, of course, there's always a launch with satellites. Being a rocket scientist is fabulous until they do the countdown. And you go, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
because <laughs> everyone knows launches are risky and we're down in our kitchen watching this and I'm kind of going, ah, ah, pacing, pacing up and down because after they've lit the solid rocket boosters, there is no going back. It's going to be over one way or the other. So, but everything was fine and we just breathed this huge sigh of relief Okay, that's actually going to play. Never mind. We won't, we won't do the solid rocket boosters, but actually space isn't friendly and it can all go horribly wrong very quickly. And the hour before we were emigrating for a year, we got an email going, um, we have lost contact with the satellite. And as we change planes in Charles de Gaulle, they go, <clears throat> yeah, probably something rather bad has happened. And. And so, what do you do? Well, uh, we went. And there were some very unusual opportunities. I got to uh, do this BBC Radio 4 Lent talk on science and faith. I got to try and rescue as many PhD students as I could. But it wasn't what I'd hoped work-wise, but it was an amazing opportunity anyway. So, they're going to fly it again. And I'm going, yes, yes, I'll be part of this. And um, the launch was uh, last last month. But it was going to be two years ago. So I went to Japan last October, uh, but launches get delayed. So actually, it was going to be March this year. So I planned on going back this October. So, But then it was delayed until last month. And so actually... There still won't be any new data when I get there. And I'm thinking, I really don't know what I'm going to be doing work-wise. The work plans have kind of gone pear-shaped. But I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be something. Um, but the other answer to why are we going is that it's part of the way God has caught my heart and our heart. There's something in God that I see there. And when I was there last October, we, I was part of this tiny English-speaking church. I mean, that's it. That's the church. It's smaller than some of our small groups. And it is just beautiful. It's got more nationalities than people. Okay, that's a slight exaggeration, but really not much. And uh, it's led by this couple, Rufus and Nimithri, who are from Kerala. And for them, it came out of their context as well. He got a job in Japan from Kerala, and they went to Japan, and there was no church because there were very few Christians in Japan. And so they talked to their pastor and go, what, back in Kerala, and they go, there isn't a church here. And their pastor goes, well, start one. And they go, okay. (laughs) So, So their heart is just to see God move. Their heart is to see, uh, yeah, to see the Holy Spirit impact the lives of people in Japan. And being part of that church was just beautiful. Um, So I would do worship. I would do free worship at times. They just longed to see the Spirit come. Uh, It's what the leaders really want, but they're there as part of their context. They've got two kids, busy job. And so actually having me 
there as someone they could kind of rely on. My favorite bit was the, the day I walked into church. Um, not, I, I thought I would probably be doing some worship, but nothing really had been planned. And they said, what we're doing today is Chris is going to lead a time of worship and then she's going to pray for us. And I blink and I go, yeah, absolutely, not a problem. And just being able to be part of bringing worship alive, bringing a freedom in worship, seeing the Holy Spirit move in this tiny little group. Another highlight was um, there's a campus Bible study group that they've set up. Honestly, I have no idea how they find the time for any of this. But there's this campus Bible study group. And um, they got me to speak at their Christmas party. This campus Bible study group, okay, it's called Campus Bible Study. You'd kind of might expect that there'd be Christians. Well, actually, the majority of people who come are not Christians, which for me is just like wonderful. (laughs) And uh, it's people often who are in Japan who find English maybe is an easier language for them than Japanese because Japanese is rock hard. And, And so I had the opportunity at this Christmas party to just talk about how I had come to faith and what faith meant. These are people who often have absolutely no idea. Who is Jesus? I mean, no idea. The couple over on the, um, uh, on the right hand side, there was a Chinese couple who had absolutely no idea of Jesus. There were a couple of Europeans who were desperate to have an English conversation, uh, and they were quite anti-Christian, um, but they'd come to a Christian Bible study. So <laughs> what do you think we're going to be talking about? Um, the, there were a couple of Japanese graduate students, one of whom was my graduate student, who got to hear about my journey of faith and about who Jesus is. Um, there were a couple of other random Chinese students and there were people from the church. But the non-Christians, I think, were at least 50% and maybe outnumbered because that's the context of Japan where there is so little about the gospel. It's a very, very secular country. Um, So... John came out for three weeks at the end of that. And together, we can do more than we can as as individuals. And it was fabulous. He got to preach one Sunday, which was Christmas Day. And so he did this really cheesy segue um, and preached on gifts of the Spirit because it's Christmas and you do gifts. And it it was a really cheesy segue. Um, But he prayed... He prayed for people. We could then go around and just pray for the church, praying for people to be filled with the Spirit, for the gifts of the Spirit to blossom. And and they were. The, the presence of God was there. And it was beautiful to see. So that's, in a nutshell, 
the context. That's what we've been doing so far. That's what we're planning on doing. As you've seen, my work plan, my work plans don't tend to work out very well, but the church plan, Jesus has a grip on. So, but the thing I really want to stress is this just has come out of my day-to-day context. Yes, my day-to-day context maybe is a bit exotic, but it's my day-to-day context. And we all have a day-to-day context. And God can use our day-to-day context, all of our day-to-day context, because Jesus is with us in the day-to-day. So, People around us here, I mean, it's obvious in Japan that nobody has a clue about Jesus. Um, There are very few Christians. Um, But look around your office, your friends, your context. How many people do you think actually have any idea about the gospel? In our culture, there's a lot of kind of residual Christianity But the people around us, they kind of think of um, Christianity kind of either as judgmental, that God is judging them, that they're always going to fail, or that it's about being a nice person. And this is not the gospel. The gospel is, if God did judge our lives, we'd all be stuffed. But in Jesus, he has made a way for us to be welcomed, not kind of at a distance, but kind of run towards big hugs swung around. We are welcomed into the presence of a holy God where I have no right to be, but I am welcomed there and I don't have to work at it every day. Ooh, have I been good enough to come into the presence of God today? No, I have not. But Jesus says, come on in. So I'm in. Um, there, there is no concept of this really in our culture. It's all about keeping rules um, and being judged by Christians and by God. So where I'm going with this is, yes, please, please pray for us while we're away that Jesus will move by his spirit in this beautiful little church and outside of it, that there'll be a, a move of the God by his Holy Spirit that will reveal Jesus in this very, um, in this country where there's just no idea of who Jesus is. But I wanted to end it by actually saying, I want to pray for you. Because sometimes it's easier to believe that Jesus will be with people who are going to some exotic place. But it's just part of my context. Jesus is with us. The church name is Emmanuel. It's about Jesus being with us, each one of us. And so if you want a gift of faith, that Jesus can use you in your context, 
then I want to pray for you. So if we can have the band back and we can have the ministry team out, if you want a gift of faith, if you want the day-to-day context of your life that sometimes we just think, uh, nothing's ever going to change and God can't use this. Jesus is with us. And by his spirit, he can change anything. So if you're up, if you're up for that, then, sorry, I just, just heard the, it's in D. <laughs> but if, if you're up for that, the ministry team's gonna come out. And as this song, uh, as this song finishes, just come on out and someone will pray with you for a gift of faith. That even in the day-to-day, ordinary life, whatever that looks like in your life, that Jesus is with us and can bring change by his Spirit. Amen.